If you're lucky, you listen to them talk. They're on their way up and they can't stop. For all things great, I ain't in hard talk. It's Kev Lewin's decent to sandbox. Since the sandbox fans back down the studio, what is going on? Hope everybody is doing well. We're here the Monday after the NFL draft. So we have a couple of episodes. This first episode that we're about to get into is going to have some recap and some reaction of the NFL draft. Our next episode is going to talk about the best and the worst drafts from all the teams that we had. And then I'm also going to take a little bit of a personal dive this week and talk about my New York Giants and what we need to do, you know, as far as a franchise and an organization to continue putting our best foot forward to make sure that better football is coming in the future. Before we get started with today's recap and reactions, guys, make sure to go and check out the rest of our content. We have our Sophomore Slump or Success Episodes 1 and 2. Those are both podcasts and YouTube episodes. And guys, of course, go and leave a five-star review. You guys know the deal. You know all the work that I put in for the podcast. So make sure you guys are just helping me get some credit, get some love. All of that is sincerely appreciated. We're going to go down the draft just kind of in order, you know, whether this is with, you know, the first round or maybe some later picks. But the first obvious, you know, reaction that we have with the draft happens at the first pick for Jacksonville. And, you know, that's taking Trayvon Walker over in Aiden Hutchinson. And I wanted to spend some time kind of talking about all of these moves, you know, just really quickly before it had happened. And, you know, what Trayvon Walker, you know, being taken first overall really meant was the Jacksonville Jaguars were drafting, you know, more based on, you know, potential. And I'm not saying that Trayvon Walker isn't, you know, debatably a better player than Aiden Hutchinson is now. Yeah, they both played at the collegiate level and, you know, their skill sets are are very different. But, you know, with Trayvon Walker, they're taking, you know, his size, speed and ability and potential that can come with it, where Aiden Hutchinson is more, you know, proven and polished as to what he already is going to be. Both of these players are going to only continue getting better as they continue their NFL careers, their football careers. And, you know, it really was just an interesting choice, I think, for Aiden Hutchinson and this worked out well because you know him staying right in Detroit with the Lions at two I feel like that's a solid move there for them and they probably weren't expecting him to be at two so that's a come up for them and Trayvon Walker with Jacksonville I personally thought that they could have went in the direction of offensive tackle regardless if you already have your guy in Cam Robinson right get someone for the right side where you don't have somebody already locked up that was just a little questionable to me but going on to the next reaction happened at pick number three so the first three picks of the draft started off hot and the reason why I say that is because Derek Stingley Jr. was taken before Ahmad Gardner and if you want my personal opinion, I never said this throughout my draft process. I probably should have, but I thought Ahmad Gardner was the best defensive player by far out of all these defensive players. Obviously, Aiden Hutchinson, you know, did very well throughout his last college season. So you could say that that he did a little bit better. But, you know, Trayvon Walker, Derek Stingley Jr., I wasn't expecting, you know, those guys to really be taken before in Ahmad Gardner, honestly. And I was hoping Ahmad was there. Sauce was there at five for the Giants. That clearly wasn't the case. But I'm happy with the draft that we had. Kayvon Thibodeau at five. And Evan Neal was a tremendous steal at seven. And the reason why I wanted the Giants to really get 
Neil at seven was because, you know, he had the most experience playing right tackle. And if we already have a left tackle in Andrew Thomas, then why get two left tackles? Let's get somebody that we know can play on the other side of the line. So, you know, those are just my initial reactions throughout the draft. Carolina clearly didn't address the quarterback position until way later in the draft, which could have been a shock to some people. It might not have been. I definitely think that the way the the quarterbacks worked out in the first round was a lot different than years past. And I personally liked it because there was, you know, a lot of talent in the linebackers, in the defensive backs, in the defensive linemen, in the offensive linemen. So I feel like all of that was really important for those guys to get showcased. And I'm sure next year we'll be back with the quarterbacks taking, you know, four or five of those guys in the first round. And I think what this draft just went to show us was that just because, you know, you are a quarterback and you had a good collegiate season doesn't necessarily mean that you're viewed as a first round talent. So, you know, there are some some guys that happened in the past that clearly were taken in the first round that didn't pan out as well. I'll say, you know, an EJ Manuel, for example, Blake Bortles, for example, right? Those are two guys that were drafted in the first round that didn't really work out. And then you have guys like Dak Prescott, who was drafted in the fourth round that clearly did work out. It's just a bunch of different spectrums in different time periods, you know, to really analyze these scenarios. Next, the first wide receiver off the board, Drake London here for Atlanta at eight. I don't want to say that this was shocking because Drake London was definitely going to be a guy that was taken in the top 12, but I did think that, you know, either Jamison Williams or Garrett Wilson was going to be the first wide receiver taken. Not that Drake London didn't have the potential. He definitely did. But, you know, I just think what, you know, the skill sets that each wide receiver brought, uh, it was interesting just to see, you know, the, the pecking order that the teams really value these wide receivers in. Drake London, you know, is, is clearly going to be viewed as the number one wide receiver, you know, when it comes to reflecting back on this draft class. But, Garrett Wilson and Jamison Williams, you know, taken very high in this draft. We're going to see what was the right decision, who was the guy that probably should have went earlier. Drake London's going to come in with for the Atlanta Falcons and have an immediate impact in that offense. Hopefully Calvin Ridley gets a chance to showcase his skill set this year. And Marcus Mariota has a new number one weapon. Obviously Kyle Pitts is there, Drake London. Calvin Ridley. They re-signed Cordell Patterson. So this is a very fluent offense already. We'll see what that defense can do going forward. Another interesting thing at the wide receiver position, we saw a trend. After Drake London went at 8, we clearly saw Garrett Wilson go to the Jets at 10. And then after that, we go on a little bit of a wide receiver streak. We have two teams that trade up into early first round to get their guys. And the Saints traded up to 11. I'm going to talk about that trade a little bit more in the next episode, talking about the best and the worst draft picks. You guys don't know which side it's on, so make sure you tune in. And I just think that Chris Olave at 11, you know, the Saints probably really wanted this guy and could just feel that with the wide receiver going at 8 and a wide receiver going at 10, they wouldn't have been able to stay at 16 to get their guy. So they moved up to 11 to get Olave, and the Lions moved up to 12 to get Jamison Williams. And, you know, they moved all the way up from 32. So, you know, usually when you're moving up that many picks, it's for, you know, a quarterback. So some thought that could have been Malik Willis going there. But I thought it was really interesting because... 
the past couple of weeks when the draft process was going on, I thought Jamison Williams really, you know, gained some ground and was going to be, you know, a guy that was right around that that 10 spot. But seeing him go at 12, he didn't drop too far, especially with that injury. Um, so that was good to see. The Eagles trading up, more of that trade trend that we saw going on. The Eagles get in front of the Ravens to select Jordan Davis. Now, we don't know what the Ravens really would have done at 14 if Jordan Davis was still available, or maybe even some of these wide receivers, but that wasn't the case for them. The Eagles moved up, selected Jordan Davis. That was somebody I thought the Eagles were going to get a little bit later at 16, but they moved up to get their guy, so good for them. Jordan Davis is going to be an absolute animal in the NFL, but the Ravens, you know, being able to get one of the best talents, one of the best prospects in the entire class, and Kyle Hamilton at 14, you know, just really helps improve that secondary, and I talk about that secondary being one of the best units, you know, out of the entire NFL last year, Marlon Humphreys, Marcus Peters, now they have Marcus Williams, but that group was really banged up last year, so seeing an investment in the secondary absolutely helps with the direction of that team going forward, and the Ravens are really a defensive way from being viewed as one of the teams that can go to the Super Bowl. We saw the Bengals in their division do it last year. We'll see what the Ravens are going to do now that they lost Hollywood Brown in the trade. Pick that I thought was a little bit too early. Jahan Dotson at 16 to Washington. I think it makes sense because Washington definitely wanted to invest in the wide receiver position, get Terry McLaurin some help, you know, reduce some of that workload that's really on him. Same thing with Antonio Gibson, but also making sure that Carson Wentz can perform at his best. And uh, I feel like that's really important. You know, Carson Wentz is on, you know, his third team in two years, you know, coming from Eagle to the Colts and the Colts to Washington. I feel like that's really interesting, honestly. But, you know, what this really does is make sure he has another weapon in the receiving game to help cater to, to Carson Wentz and making sure that he could be successful. So I just talked about the Marquise Brown trade. The Ravens moved back into the draft, traded with the Arizona Cardinals to select Tyler Linderbaum. That was a huge pick, and I think that that was really good for the Ravens. And I think it was interesting for the Cardinals, right? Because they gave up a second-round pick to get DeAndre Hopkins, but they gave up a first to go get Hollywood Brown. So that was a little confusing. And Hollywood Brown is also on his last year of his rookie deal. So what the Cardinals are going to have to do is they're eventually going to have to sign him to a contract extension as well. And we already know that Kyler wants his money. D-Hop, I'm sure, is going to want to get paid more if if Hollywood Brown is making $25 million. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the desert. But the reason why I bring all that up is because we also saw A.J. Brown get traded to the Eagles for Traylon Burks. And that was an interesting trade too. But we are starting to see a lot more of these wide receiver trades. But A.J. Brown to the Eagles, that's a huge move. We know Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown were talking about this trade for a little bit. And they finally got to make it happen. But, you know, I think the Titans offered A.J. Brown a fair contract, right? You know, they offered him $16 million guaranteed a year and then added incentives that would have got that contract over $20 million. So I feel like that would have been a decent deal, but wide receiver or any NFL player at that wants to get paid when it's their time to get paid, and they get to kind of determine what that money figure looks like. So shout out to A.J. Brown, really making sure he got what he wanted. Great moves by the Titans and great moves by the Eagles. 20, Pittsburgh. 
They stayed put, and they got their guy in Kenny Pickett. So I think that this was a good move for Pittsburgh, adding some competition to that quarterback run with Mitch Trubisky that they just added. And we already heard Mike Tomlin. He's going to give you know Kenny Pickett the chance to start day one. You know, if this is a guy that we feel like could spread the ball out throughout the offense, then, you know, I'm sure that he's going to, you know, have the opportunity. But I wouldn't be surprised if Mitch Trubisky gets the start for the year. And then we see Kenny Pickett come in sometime down the road. Let's keep in mind that Mike Tomlin has done this once before with Big Ben. So he has some familiarity in this scenario. Guys, we still have some reactions and recap to talk about from the 2022 NFL Draft. Make sure you guys are staying tuned to all things Since the Sandbox. Going to our website, SinceTheSandbox.net. Our Instagram, at SinceTheSandbox. Or our Facebook page. Make sure you guys are showing some love and absolutely giving a five-star review. You guys could do that on our website, on social media, and you can even do that on your favorite podcast platforms. Make sure you guys go and do that. We are going to continue here at 21 with the Kansas City Chiefs. They just made another trade. They traded up for quarterback Trent McDuffie, and this was somebody that that I thought could have went a little bit earlier in that team spot, Um, but he falls here to 21. Kansas City moves up in front of Green Bay to make sure that they get this guy in. You know, with with Kansas City having two first-round picks, I feel like they didn't give up too much to really get this guy. Um, And investing in that secondary is absolutely essential. And we saw that they did that a couple of times throughout this draft. And I'm going to talk about Kansas City with some of my best and worst drafts. So make sure you guys stay tuned to the next podcast episode for more. What I also thought was interesting in the first round was that Green Bay did not invest in the wide receiver position. And they didn't later on in the draft. They got crits. Christian Watson, who they traded up for to get, but rumor has it, you know, the Green Bay Packers wanted Traylon Burks, and they were trying to move up to 21 to select him there. He just clearly wasn't available at that point in time, but I do think Green Bay got tremendous value at their picks. Quay Walker from Georgia, and then also Devontae Wyatt from Georgia, you know, just being able to establish that defense and continue to build a team when, you know, the direction that you wanted to go in didn't all didn't work out for you. So I feel like those are two solid picks. Getting Christian Watson at 34 also helps Aaron Rodgers. But just because you didn't get who you wanted in the draft doesn't mean that you have to stop all your offseason moves now. Julio Jones is out there. Jarvis Landry, Odell, Green Bay, I'm talking to you. Go and get those guys. We're going to continue with our draft talk. And the Bills traded up for the defensive back, Elam, who we just saw, you know, at at the Sabres game with Josh Allen. So that was a really cool experience. But the Bills trading up to get a defensive back, I feel like that's a big move for them. Obviously, they have Tredavious White, Jordan Poyer, and Micah Hyde. But continuing to build, you know, that secondary group and that defense after we saw, you know, how this past season went with them losing in the playoffs, that had to hurt. And, you know, I think the Bills had a great draft, honestly. And I wouldn't be surprised if they were one of the favorites to, you know, be in the Super Bowl this year. I talked about the Ravens trading back multiple times. A team that I thought had one of the greatest drafts out of all these teams was the Jets. I mean, Jermaine Johnson drops. They trade back into the first round to get him. And, you know, the Jets got one of the best defensive players I talked about with Ahmad Gardner. They got the best wide receiver. They got the best running back and maybe even one of the better tight ends. So uh, I think the Jets really killed it. Honestly, now it's just on them to make sure that all of that talent translates to the playing field. Going to the next pick, another team that traded back into the first round after they already had a pick was the Jacksonville Jaguars. They selected one of the best interior linebackers in the class, and that's 
Devin Lloyd. Guys, one of the biggest shocks in the entire draft was N'Kobe Dean falling as much as he did. He fell all the way to the third round and, of course, to the Eagles. But Devin Lloyd ended up being, you know, the, one of the better interior linebackers drafted in the first round. And the Jags got a good value, but I do feel like it was a little questioning. But I'll go more in-depth with that with tomorrow's podcast episode. A strange pick for the Patriots at 29. Cole Strange here. I definitely think the Patriots needed offensive line help. So going in the guard direction isn't a surprise. But, you know, where they selected Cole Strange was the surprise. And, you know, Sean McVay was talking about how he thought he was going to be able to get that guy at pick 104. And this was somebody that was selecting at 29. What this really shows me is that Belichick kind of has his guys throughout the draft process. And he finds them, he falls in love with them, and he picks those guys. You know, that's worked out in some instances, and it hasn't worked out in some instances. Recently, we've been able to see a lot more scenarios that didn't work out in that way. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Patriots going forward. And realistically, this is a team that could be the third or fourth best team in that AFC East this year. So it's going to be really interesting, but that definitely was a strange pick. But I'm sure Cole Strange is going to be somebody that New England Patriots fans fall in love with really early for that strong guard play that he will offer. One of the biggest shocker picks for me um, in this class, he fell all the way to 30, George Karlaftis to Kansas City as they focus on improving the defense. And I do think that Kansas City would have improved the offense with the wide receiver position if a value fell to the right spot. But I think, you know, Kansas City probably thought Trent McDuffie was a top 15 guy. And George Karlaftis, they probably could have had a, a similar grade. And the Chiefs felt like getting McDuffie at 21 was a great value. And I think that them getting Karlaftis at 30 is a great value. You know, continuing to build that defense, especially when your division is getting as revamped up as they were this offseason. I feel like that's extremely important. Making sure that you have a good offense is extremely important. But improving that defense is, help, is going to help win your championships. Last two guys, the Bengals attack the D. They get Daxton Hill. I feel like that'll really help them, you know, addressing the secondary position. I thought the Bengals had a good draft. I feel like they would have went offensive line if they thought the value was here at the back end first round, but they chose not to. They addressed it later on in the draft, but they definitely focus on the defense. And the Minnesota Vikings, they moved around this draft board a lot. They selected safety Lewis Sign, defensive back out of Georgia. Um, just feel like this was another solid pick for the Vikings. Guys, this was my recap and reactions to the NFL 2022 draft. We have a lot more coming with this draft. I'm going to be talking about the best and worst draft classes coming up tomorrow. So make sure you guys stay tuned. In the meantime, go and leave a five-star review. Check out the new merch. Head to social media. And of course, leave a five-star review. You guys know the deal. We out of here. Peace out.